Hello friends and welcome back into another episode of Sniper Camping Stories. On today's episode, we talk with Michael Ray about his camping trip cross country. This past summer, he traveled 5,000 miles round trip from Birmingham, Alabama to Glacier National Park with so many fun stops in between. We hope you enjoy hearing from him as much as we did. Please enjoy the show. Yeah. Tell us about your trip out west car camping. Yeah, so I uh, went to the Glacier National Park, uh, which is really far away from here. So here we are in Birmingham. It was, it's a 27-hour one-way drive uh, from drive. So I, I tell people from driveway to driveway. So from leaving my driveway to pulling back into my driveway, I drove 5,001 miles oh in 11 days. And so it was like I changed the oil in the truck. I came back, had to change the oil in the truck. <laughs> it was that long yeah. of a drive. Um, but it was me and my friend Jordan and his dad. And then we he had a coworker we met out there that flew out there. But Jordan has a Chevy Express van that he converted over time. So it has like a little camp style inside of it. And he has like a propane heater and all the things. He's like the camping friend. And, okay. and so he's, he always wants us to go out there. And I was like, yeah, I'll go this time. And yeah, that was my first true experience camping in the back of a truck and all that stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so he, had he been out west before? Yeah, he, he had been everywhere but Glacier. So he had done, we had met him five years ago out at Yellowstone. Like he's a, a friend from like I was five years old here oh, wow. out of Gaston. And so, but He's been out to, we out to Yellowstone with him. We flew out there that time and just rented a vehicle and drove the rest of the way. So we had some experience with Yellowstone, but this one was brand new. Like I'm driving the whole thing, um, and that was yeah. There's when you're <laughs> I joke when you're there when you're driving and you have to fill your truck up three times in one day. Oh, and you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It it it's a lot sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So. What were you, like, where was your stops? Like, what was your first stop? How was your, so the first, your journey? Yeah, so I had to look it up. I had to use, look back at my photos. So the first stop was in Missouri. It was in Concordia, Missouri, okay. which is like a one red light town. Um, and it just ended up that way because what we would do, so it take, takes about three days of driving to get there. Um, and so the first day we drove 11, 10 or 11 hours. And straight straight and so we would never make it no wait he just it's one of those you like we have to reach these destinations and we're never going to make it mentality because we don't want to spend 11 days driving we want to spend half driving half enjoying the park and so but the last day driving back was kind of torturous to be honest but anyway so the first stop was concordia uh, missouri and so uh when we got there like nine eight or nine o'clock that night we found a restaurant ate and and then we had to go to park somewhere because we're car camping. There's no campgrounds nearby. This is just the interstate city. And so we, we stopped in, at a Travel America Center uh, gas station thing because they don't care about overnight parking and uh, parked there. And so I, I, I told Jordan, I was like, Jordan, that was the first night. And I was like, I think I, I thought I was going to regret everything. Because like we're getting set up my first night there and my first time with the tent outside of my in my driveway. So I didn't know how it did in rain. Oh gosh. and so I found out that night, the first night, I was like, I think I made a mistake. And so 
probably 10, 10 30. We're getting the tent set up and we're sitting there in the parking lot. We're the only ones there. And I'm like, okay, dude, it's good. And I'm like, okay, it's gonna be great. Check the radar, nothing on the radar. It's not gonna rain, it's fine. Radars are pointless out west. And so we <laughs> so like eleven thirty, I hear thunder. I was like, ah crap. And then more thunder and then bottom falls out. And oh, so I'm like, I had the rain fly on. I was like, I think it'll be all right. And so it's bottom fell out. I'm just sitting there because I'm wide awake, just waiting for something bad to happen. And then I learned my first mistake with that tent. So the way it works, it, it straps to the truck and it basically is the top of a tent that sticks to your truck bed. So you sleep in the truck bed and it goes over your tailgate with it open. So you have, like I have a five and a half foot truck, you know, it's a, 2005 Tacoma double cab, 500 foot bed, add the tailgates about six and a half feet, right? So it's perfect for a single person to lay in with a mattress. Well, the way it goes over the tailgate piece, if you do it wrong, it curves a little bit. So it just pulled water one little spot and it was holding it. I was like, well, that's okay. But then the mattress started to touch it and it just soaked the water right through. And I watched like a third of my mattresses become dark. I was like, oh no, I, I'm sleeping on a wet mattress in a minute. So the rain finally stopped. And, and then I was like, okay, it'll be all right. I'll just, it's, I'm at a travel center. I'll just throw in the dryer. It'll be fine. And I start to go to sleep. And then I wake up and I was like, oh, it's so bright out here. Must be, uh, let's get ready to go. I pull out my phone. And it said 2.30 a.m. I was like, oh no, it's the streetlights. <laughs> they turned oh. on. <laughs> And I, I was like having this moment, like, what time is it? I don't know anymore. And so the first night was super duper rough. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, Jordan. And it was like, we'll keep going. We'll just keep going. So that first night was pretty brutal. I don't know about you guys, but like, you have those moments, like, should I turn back? Yes, <laughs> for sure. So, every time. Every time. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> really, we do question why we do that, why we go camping. <laughs> but uh so that was the first night and that was rough for sure here is uh, let's see so that was my setup the first night oh, there wow. so that kind of makes cool. more sense now with the yeah, tent yeah but then so like being a part i just stuffed all my stuff underneath the truck that type of thing uh but then like that's what the mattress looked like so like that was the uh, crap moment um so that's actually like a mattress, not like an air mattress. It's a memory foam three inch mattress. Oh yeah. It's uh, gonna stay wet for a while. And it did all right. Like it it mostly the cover that got wet. Um the cover did pretty well and it completely disassembled, throw it in the dryer. It dry it took it like an hour and a half in the dryer and it was actually good to go. I was pleasantly surprised. But uh let's see, but like you know, that's the rain that I was experiencing. Yeah, I was at Missouri, Rain, I wasn't ready for it. Um, <laughs> anyway, and so that was my first night, but it was kind of cool. The next morning, we uh, went to a little coffee shop in the town. It was an old converted Baptist church that had an antique oh, shop wow. inside it that was ran by two, uh, by a couple that were retired. That was fun. So that's really cool in the first night. So it was, it was pretty good. And then a lot of, after that, lots and lots of driving. And I don't know if anybody's ever been out to Missouri, but it's farmland forever. Like 
you're like when you're driving through i was telling jordan i, was like, I think this is where we feed america because it was mm-hmm. everywhere and you could actually see crop dusting planes go over the interstate and flip back up and oh, wow. and it was just really trippy because watching those planes just dip down probably like 100 feet off the ground and pull right back out and then flip over the interstate yeah it was really fun just to watch cool. it it's, it's pretty pretty flat so it's it's a deceiving flat so it's kind of flat, but you're on a grade the whole way where you're probably on like a two or 3% grade and don't know it. But then you kept seeing, why is my truck keep downshifting? It looks flat. Nope. <laughs> so, and then the air is getting thinner. So the truck's got to work a little harder. Uh, but then once you get to South Dakota, that's just, that's when the world changes. And so out in South Dakota, all the landscape changes, not something we're familiar with type stuff. So they have these giant hills that go in and out, and then it becomes the, there's no gas station for 75 miles, type type stuff. And the gas station out there are Sinclair's, which are the uh, dinosaur gas stations. Um, It's just, it is a different world at the end of the day from Birmingham out out west, just not the same country. It's incredible to watch. But, uh, but, so that was our first night. The next stop was in Badlands National Park, and that is, my understanding the badlands like the bronco edition badlands edition i think that's where it comes from but it's in uh wall south dakota and wall south dakota is kind of known for dinosaurs like known for all uh, fine dinosaur bones and there's an actual i forget the name of it now but it's a pharmacy world famous pharmacy and they have like you probably pass like 400 billboards to get into it it's like famous for a five cent coffee famous for this famous for that when you get there, it's an indoor Western town. Wow. So, you know, imagine like the Western stores with the flipping open doors up. It's one giant building and they're all connected door to door to door. And they have a church inside of it, all this random stuff. I mean, it is bizarre. Like, it's like its own little theme park. Wow. What's it called? So it's in Wall, South Dakota. Let's see if I got a picture of where it was. It was so bizarre. But um, I have to go look it up later. But like just an example, here's a giant beaver. Uh, what's the the rabbit with the antlers? I forget what they nickname that thing. Um, jackalopes. Jackalopes. Yeah. yeah. So I was about so to like, say antelope. So that's like a <laughs> thirty-five foot made out of wood, fruit chainsaws things on the side of the road. Like just random stuff. Um, and is this like the area where you would find the world's biggest yarn ball? Or... <laughs> yeah, this is where that, all yeah. that kind of stuff originates okay. from. And so like that was one of the things they had out there. And I mean, it's just random. And then once you're out there, you now run into bison and all the buffalo stuff. So like tons of these guys just hanging out. Like there's farming areas out there. Um, but what's cool though about the Badlands, so the Badlands has to be the most picturesque little park like this is what we're seeing oh, wow. from our campground postcard like yeah it doesn't even look real it looks mm-hmm. like a video game and so the way that the badlands work uh, what this particular one so you drive in and you basically drive like 10 miles into the park and there's no gates no nothing like there's no like it's no garden guiding guiding to it so then in the middle they have a campground it's a giant circle it's probably 150 feet wide and people just park on the circle all just parked out and spread out and there's a just one little bathroom thing on the side whatever 
and we just spread ourselves out and we'll just kind of do our own thing. <laughs> and that was the second night of a giant storm. <laughs> and so once again, radar, nothing. This is all great. What, two, 1230 in the morning, kaboosh, a big storm comes through. And it's so bad that my friend Jordan Busman, the walkie-talkie, and it's, the, the wind's so strong, it's shaking his van. Wow. And so I'm holding my tent like this because I have no idea what's about to happen. And I'm thinking, I'm about to die. I'm about to get flipped over. Something stupid's going to happen. And he buys me. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm just going to sit here and wait. And 15 minutes later, stop. And I unzip and look out. And everybody rolls out of their tent. And there's just stuff spread everywhere. Like, it just took off a bunch of stuff. And it was pretty funny. I talked to another guy. Um, you ever seen those drop-in campers that drop onto a truck bed? It's like a mm -hmm. mini camper. He, he had this rig, but he had one with like a four inch ratchet strap onto his truck. And he's like, yeah, I had to wake up and kind of hold it in place while we were shaking. So, <laughs> I was like, I was like, no thanks. But, uh, but yeah, when you're out there in the Badlands, though, uh, they have prairie dogs, hundreds, thousands of them. And they are very comfortable with people. So they'll come up really close to you and they're like, you know, this is big and they're, they're kind of cute at the end of the day, but um, they're just chilling with you type of thing. And then they'll, they'll get, if you get too close, they'll hiss at you, which is funny. Oh, wow. They're kind of mad at you, but, uh, but, you know, but at the same time you are like in bear country and stuff. So yes, have, and we could see, we didn't, uh, on that day, didn't see any bear, but there were uh, some bison out in the distance and stuff like that. And you have to be careful of those because they're happy to gore you. Mm -hmm. If you get too close, because they're huge. I don't know if y'all yeah. ever been near a real like ramming your car. Or yeah, they'll. I mean, they're bigger than cows, except they're very aggressive. They can be aggressive. So, and then the other fear is moose, because moose are terrifying, because they're massive. We saw moose, a moose at Yellowstone prior. Uh, it was a female moose. I mean, it was taller than our car. <laughs> it's like it's terrifying. <laughs> but um, anyway. But that, you know, that's the Badlands. It was super cool. Um, and do you pay to camp at the Badlands? No. Okay, so you're two nights in and you haven't had to pay yet. So no. You pay at the Travel Center either. Don't pay at the Travel uh, We paid uh, the whole trip. The only time we paid was we did two KOAs. Mm -hmm. So we paid for that. Uh, and KOA was like a luxury hotel for what we were doing. <laughs> and so we paid for two of those. <laughs> You stayed at KOA before. Uh, for a camper that's been truck camping, it was like luxury. Oh, I'm sure. Because okay. yeah, now you're. Because now you have a bathroom. Now you're five minutes from, <laughs> a, from a shower or a bathroom or whatever, and then the the animals will take everybody else out and not you. Like that's the mindset you kind of go through. But uh, but yeah, so other than that, like that's my biggest expense for the whole trip was gas. Yeah. Uh, the cost to stay there was next to nothing. So. I mean, I think we spent 50 bucks in parking mm -hmm. for 11 days. So, But you haven't had much sleep at this point, right? No, not yet. So <laughs> it was my mind trying to get used to it. It got better except for like night four, and that's the skinwalker night. Uh, that was when I had an encounter. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it gets better. Such an adventure. Um, so now we're on what, day three? So we... So day one, Concordia, ended day two at Badlands. So day three, we start Mount Rushmore. So we go to Mount Rushmore because oh, cool. uh, it's right there at Rapid City. Um, so to get to Mount Rushmore from here, it's about 
18, 19 hours. And that's also where Sturgis is. Mm -hmm. And so we actually, when we were coming, we didn't know this, but when we were coming back was the start of Sturgis. And it was wild. I mean, tons of people there. There's probably stories you could tell on that just by itself, right? Well, <laughs> and just being a people watcher. <laughs> well, that, and then when you're um, around Mount Rushmore, so you got Rapid City, which is a massive city. But then you have these, like, these little cities. And there's one city, I wish I could think of the name of it, but it was based on a bank robber or some type of robber. He came into the city and kind of built the city up. I forget the name of it. It's near Mount Rushmore. And it's the coolest city because it's just inside of a mountain, essentially, like just on the oh, side wow. of it. And it's all like brick roads and it's just random. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but yeah, so Mount Rushmore is really, I, it's one of those, there it is, you know, that type of thing when you get there. <laughs> like I've seen the pictures of this, but it's cool because it's kind of like, okay, that's bigger than I thought it would be, that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, and the, the museums itself are pretty neat and we didn't we didn't realize like mount rushmore uh had a lot of interesting history behind it why it was never finished it actually looks nothing like it was supposed to but it was based on budgets and and, and the guy who's doing it died so they didn't get to finish it uh, and then there's crazy horse out there which is the uh native american indian um what do you want to call it? A contribution slash memorial slash becoming a college. And it's actually the a face in the mountain of Crazy Horse, who was part of the, I think, the Civil War negotiation. It's real fascinating. But it but that Crazy Horse was not, you know, government, no, no budgeting from the government. It's strictly private donations. And it, they've been working on it now for like 75 years. And it's huge. So it's just, it's wild what's out there. But that's Mount Rushmore area. Um, have y'all ever been out that part? Of, mm -hmm. no? Yeah. yeah. It, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. So now we're like, we've gotten past the uh, no man's land of South Dakota. Now we're getting past Mount Rushmore. Now we're heading toward Bozeman because Bozeman's where we're meeting, uh, Bozeman, Montana's where we're meeting his friend who flew there. And so, so the drive from like Mount Rushmore to Bozeman is like eight hours. Um, so that <laughs> we were supposed to make it all the way, but we spent, I think four hours at Mount Rushmore and that was way longer than we were expecting. So, so it took a lot longer. So then let me see. Yeah. Here's like, here's that city with the, the robber oh, wow. built type Beautiful. of thing. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's just yeah. random too. It looked like a movie set. It was so cool. But, um, anyway, so. Yeah, go there. So we end up stopping uh, in near Belgrade area. Let me try some random lake area. We just had to find found like that was right. We paid for that campground. It was like ten dollars or something, and it was on a lake, and it was nice. It was pleasant. It was pretty. Very calm. It was like like that was the lake that we had stayed at. And so one one really cool thing about out west so it doesn't get dark till 10 30 mm -hmm. and so you're we're looking for campgrounds at 10 o'clock wow. <laughs> just looking yeah. for something so which is good and bad like it's kind of fun but you're like i need to go to sleep at some point but um but i, I would say that was my first good night's sleep there was no rain we were in a campground area so there were other people around mm -hmm. so i felt the hair safer right um and it was just kind of secluded. So that was nice. That was the first good night. 
uh, <laughs> of that trip. But let's see. So we finally start making out to the Bozeman area. So, you know, this is the type of scenery you start to see out there, which is super pretty. Yeah. Um, and now you're getting closer to like the six or 7,000 foot elevation type stuff. So it's starting to build out. So one of the things that we did for camping wise, we would go to uh, service roads, take a national park service road and just park because they don't care. Technically speaking, national service roads are public land that you can camp on. And um, so that's what we did that night. So we actually like, here's us driving up the service road trying to find where we want to go. That's a rental Jeep mm -hmm. that our friend rented from the airport. <laughs> It had 15 miles on it. <laughs> so this is why you don't buy rental cars, right? Um, and then, right? Did you have to get a permit or anything to go? So just free will and go. It's free, whatever you want. Nobody cares. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a dirt road. So, yeah, nobody cared. I mean, at the same time, like, you, they're, very, they're kind of strict out there for fires and stuff like that. Like, they want to be in a designated spot for fires. Because we started one. And then we pulled up the regulations and there was something that lists like you can't run fires right now. So we had to put it out pretty quick, just, just for safety. Right. But the challenge that you run into when you're on a service road, it's narrow. Like, yes, two cars can go down it, but you don't want to do that. There's no guardrails. <laughs> it's a drop off. And so we're sitting there, we're trying to find a place. So we pull off to one and we walk it to see and... I'm like, yeah, that's too, that's too narrow. Let's go back. So we start coming back, and we see this F-150 just hauling butt up. Oh, the, and he's just gunning. And there's a dog in the back, like, flopping around. I'm like, what are you doing, kid? And he was probably doing 35 or 40. And we're yeah. putting around, like, a 10. Um, so you find Alabama everywhere, right? Everywhere. <laughs> there's a redneck everywhere. Yeah. And he was definitely local because his tag and everything. He was a local Montana redneck. So it was... It's pretty fantastic. But uh, anyway, and so we find the place, and it's one of those things, like, you have to kind of check for animals first before you decide to stop there. And it seemed all right, but you never know. But one thing when you're out there, um, you know, you can see the Milky Way, and you can see all this stuff. And so uh, an example of that, so, like, I, I had my big camera with me, so, like, that's the photo I could get with my camera. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You don't you don't expect to really see something like that. It looks like something in a movie or TV show or something. Yeah, wow. but you can now with your naked eye, you look at it. And it's like, why is it so cloudy up there? It's not. That's actually the stars in the Milky Way. Wow. That's not cloud. And we were actually so that was the week that they had the Northern Lights floating through the yes. Western United States, and so we never saw the true like green color and lots of, but you could see some light dancing we couldn't tell what it was but we assume that's probably what it was um but yeah i mean that's yeah so we didn't get to see the true northern lights but we could see something reflecting in the sky um but yeah so like that's that like that's the really cool part about being out there but like that was our camp at the service road that night wow. so yeah, and that's uh, just y'all out there. That's nobody else. Nobody else around. Yeah. Nobody is not a soul. And it's free. And it's free, and nobody I mean, that's, nobody that's bothers you. It's so neat about all this is, like, if you, I don't know, try to do that in like state parks or something, you'd be 
racking up a lot of money. Well, and that was like my my friend George's view on it. He's like, as long as it's public land, it's a national park. They don't really care. Like like in the national park world, like they have designated campgrounds that get pretty expensive, but you go to service roads as long as you don't see a sign that says no overnight camping, they don't do not care. Wow. So, um, and it's true. Like we never actually had an issue with anybody. Um, and then a lot of the campgrounds from part from some of the parks were just uh, no fees, honor system. So it's just different out there because when it's crowded, it's still not that crowded mm-hmm. because it's so big. It's vast, yeah. Because uh, I mean, there are times where you just didn't see anybody for quite a while, which is sometimes nerve wracking because you're like. <laughs> I'm the only option for this animal. <laughs> I'm on the menu. Yeah, I, I am the menu right this second. Um, let's see. So then, yep. Yeah, so we stayed uh, to. So Jordan wanted to make sure, like, we had like a semi rest day. So we went to Sulphur Hot Springs, uh, which is kind of like I thought it was going to be like. The, the jagged rock you kind of tiptoe into. So they actually, this one was a hot springs resort pool. So they, they had giant copper pipes that pop, pumped in the hot springs. And so it, it, it's, you know, it looks like, you know, it's like that's the, the resort thing that we stayed at for just the hot spring stuff. Oh, wow. But it was only like 20, 25 bucks for four hours. And the way they had it, it had staged springs so the one at the very top was the hottest one and it was like 120 degrees and it was super sulfur like it stuck <laughs> um, and then they had a cold plunge beside it that was like 65 degrees and that was brutal and, and like it was and then they had the giant pool which was really like a heated pool at that point like 90 degree pool mm-hmm. so it was nice but had the waterfalls coming through and all that stuff but um but the sulfur smell was like that was like it stunk up your stuff. He even warned me. He's like, whatever towel or whatever you bring, be prepared to throw it away. Because you just can't save it, huh? Well, uh, and it, it ended up being okay. It wasn't too bad, but yeah, it stunk. <laughs> it was not a pleasant smell, but it was fun. I mean, it was cool to sit in that for a long time and kind of experience that. Um, Did you feel like you, maybe you're getting rid of some of the toxicities and things like that? <laughs> Uh, it was well, more like, please I, tell me there's a purpose for smelling like, like it, it kind of felt like you were just one of those uh, saunas where you're just sweating, yeah, but you're in water, <laughs> so you're just like, I'm just pouring sweat right now. Uh-huh. But it felt good at the end of the day for sure. Um, was that a shower day? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's see, when, when did I get a shower at that point? I mean, I heard, I I heard, like, I heard like two or three days. I don't park think I... National Forest, National Forest, and there's no shower. Love it. Well, it rained. It rained. When did I get a shower? So I did. <laughs> but I mean, so I, I, I did time. get a shower there. I think that was our first shower. So I got a shower there because you stunk and you had to get that off of you. Um, but that's the other thing. Once you're out west, you don't sweat at all. Like you, you don't stink, you don't need deodorant, nothing. Like it is. I don't know about that. No, it's true. So, so, <laughs> so, when we, you want me to do that. so when we did the Yellowstone trip and we met Jordan out there, he had already been there for a couple of days and he had showered like four or five days because he didn't stink. But when he did shower, he was literally like a shade lighter because the, the dust, the dust and the dirt had come off, but didn't smell. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
It's incredible. But that works out good for you, Nick, because huh? a lot of times when we're camping, you don't shower anyway. No, no, so, yeah, you don't want to. He, he never wants to risk the bathhouse. He, yeah. he always has yeah. fear of what <laughs> not being there. So, um, so at this point, we've made it to Missoula area, like the Missoula that we all know. And that's like the in, the last city before you start to enter into the glacier area. And so one of the last major cities, that's like, kind of like the last airport you can fly into. That's a regular airport if you want to go to glacier. Um, so that's where we were. I forget we stayed at overnight at a little park outside of it. I can't remember the name of it, but we stayed on a river and the, the water out there is crystal clear, uh, super crystal clear, um, almost doesn't seem real type of stuff. But then Jordan uh, reserved us a pontoon boat and we, we rode a pontoon boat out to Wild Horse Island. And Wild Horse Island is what it is. Like it's an island full of wild horses. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to see them because there was a ranger there. And we're like, you know, what we see, he said, maybe not. There's too many bears right now. And it's pushing them to one side. Like, well, why are we here? <laughs> so... But anyway, but it was kind of cool because this was the, um, like, here we are renting like a super cheap pontoon, but like two pontoon, regular, like a $5,000 pontoon boat. Kind of, it had been through the ringer. You could tell it was a rental boat because it had been through the ringer. And we're driving it out there. And they, he literally, the guy said, yeah, there's no docks, just ramming up on the side. Like, are you kidding? And then what it is, like, it's all rock on the island. There's like tiny little pebbles. And it just slides right up there oh, wow. to the point where we were just like, is, is this okay? We're we about to bust a hole in this. But, um, but like, here's the video of us driving up to this island. And there's nothing there but just and horses and wildlife and one bathroom. that on Facebook. Hey, right, we're good. Okay. Yeah, so we're like we're in uh wild about to hit Wild Wild Island and run the pontoon, but here it's us actually going straight onto the rocks. Oh, that sounds horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just all pulled it up and then tied it to a, a, a log. But gosh, That's the water cool. is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like, just no trash. No trash. Yeah. Right? But once you're there, so Wild Horse Island, like, that's kind of like what it looks like going up to oh, it. Goodness. It looks like that boat is just floating. So, and there's a story behind that, too. So, they had warned us it was getting kind of windy and it ended up messing with us later. So here we are just walking the island. And so kind of by yourself, essentially. But um, so something that's really cool out there is called Fruity Pebble Rocks. And so they're, all the rocks there are colored. And so, and on TikTok and stuff, there's like, oh, don't mess with the rocks. They're all colored. No, no, they're everywhere. They're so everywhere that it's in the pavement. So when you look at the asphalt as colored rocks in it, because it's the local rock to crush. And, but to show you what it looks like, 
It's like that's the color of the rocks everywhere. Huh. And then like that's what you see. Some more. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, let's see. Like a fish tank. Yeah. So you can just kind of yeah. pebbles yeah. at the bottom of the fish tank. That's awesome. <laughs> and they actually kind of change when they dry out, so they're like a little bit of a different style when they dry compared when they're wet. So it's just in, just wild. Um, anyway, so we're at wild, so we finish up that. The only wild animals we saw at wild horse were deer, which was kind of annoying. It's like I get these all the time at home. I don't really care, yeah. but it was still cool. But when we're starting to leave, they said, "Hey, uh, the wind's picked up. You can't make it back. You got to follow us and go an opposite route." So and they were like, "No, are you sure about that?" And I'm like, "No, we got out there and we're just doing this, not going anywhere. Like throttles on." We're just kind of doing this because wow. <laughs> the wind picked up so bad. I had even, so we're, cha we're chasing another pontoon because he was leading us away. But you can kind of see how much. Oh, my word. <laughs> we're just going. So now you're in the bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you get seasick, that's going to be. <laughs> yeah, did you have grandma going on here? <laughs> right. I don't know. But. Um, Anyway, so we had to like go off to the side and they picked us up in the truck and um, but it was fun to talk to the one of the guys because now you're out so far out west, you know, now you're dealing with Idaho people a little bit. And so one of the kids, well kids, he's probably twenty or twenty-two, he was like it was a summer job to do the boat thing. And so what do you do when you go back home? He's like, Well, my parents are Idaho potato farmers. I was like, that's the most classic thing I ever heard. <laughs> and I said uh, and I said, Well, I'm curious, like you said he said we have four thousand acres, and we're a, a we're a, a what they called it a fourth gen potato farmer, which meant like the fourth turn of the potato yeah. or whatever it is. Um, and I said, well, who's your customer? Because I imagine if you have that much acres, you have to be customers. Oh, it's McDonald's. He said they require this generation of potato for their fries because it's crispier or whatever. And so they're you know they're our primary customer, and it's a family farming business. And I said, do you want to be a potato farmer? He said, absolutely not. And so, well, and he, and he said, there's too much drama. And I, was, I was like, drama in the farming business? He said, yeah. He's like, my, it's like it was my grandfather's and then my grandfather's business. And then my dad and his brothers took it over. But then apparently one of the wives was uh, running the books where she was stealing money. Uh, and it just kind of went this long wow. story. I was oh, like, so it's the family part of it, not so much. Not so much like the, potato, the potato, but but, but, but the family that runs it. Yeah. And he's like, I don't, have, I don't want anything to do with it. And so we're like, you going to college? He said, No, I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, go for a trade. <laughs> go be a plumber or something. You'll you go go for that. But uh, it was just kind of funny. And then um, yeah, Flathead, Flathead National Forest is where we were, which is where Wild Horse Island is. That's what it's called. Having to use the my locations for my phone to figure out where I was. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we were out there and at that point, yeah, so we've done the Wild Horse Island. Now we're trying to make it into Glacier. So this is the, the, the scary night for me. So we're, we make it into the edges of Glacier National Park to go find a service road to camp on. So we find one like at 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And, and Jordan did it well because he was checking Google Maps and looking for openings and he, he got the perfect opening. It was, it was great. So we pull in there and there's one car just sitting there. And he, the guy hops out. He's like, hey, do you want me to move? We're like, no, you're, you're fine. You're kind of facing the wrong way. So we're good. <laughs> like, why are you over there? 
So we park and we start to get ready. And uh, the, the coworker friend was, had never done, been drill camping before. He had never been to bear country in a vehicle. He's always on Airbnbs. And so we had to give him, remind him of the bear lake lecture. This is a legit country where we can get hurt. If you got to pee, you got to do whatever. You're going 100 yards that way. Stay away from us type of thing. Okay, okay. Five minutes later, he's peeing behind my truck. And we stop him halfway. Like, what are you doing? Like, and we moved him out. And I'm like, where'd you pee? So I'm like, wash it out, hopefully. And <laughs> just pee behind the truck. And, um, but the reason I say that is because what happens next. And so just to kind of show you the, the view of why it was so pretty. Like, that's the view that we had. Mm. So super cool, like, amazing. Like, that's part of Glacier. It was awesome. But, um, so we're going to bed, and this is the, the night that we have to get up at 4.30 the next morning to make it into Glacier before 6, because we didn't have vehicle reservations, because we're kind of paying to get. But if you get there before 6, it's just wide open gates. You just go in. And once you're in, you're locked in. Like, you... If you leave, it's a problem. So you have to stay the whole day to make use of it. Um, so we're trying to go to bed around 11, 11.30. So I'm about passed out. And all of a sudden, I hear something trying to open my truck. I hear the back door handle open, close. It's locked, but I hear it jiggling like a lot. And I'm like, is that Jordan just screwing me? Because that's my first thought. Like, it's just Jordan screwing me, a friend screwing me, just kind of mess with me. So I like, Jordan, you know, is that you? No response. And then I heard mm-hmm. on my truck, like on the truck bed. So I'm laying in the truck bed with my head toward the cab on my left, like that. And so I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> like, what is this? So I, I, I start hammering back with my hand to see if it would go away. And it did it again. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to die. What else can you do? <laughs> we had a similar experience. Yeah, so. <laughs> and so, so now I'm like, I got scared of this thing. I don't know what, because pitch black. There's no light out there. So I started hitting the lock button, let my lights flash, and it kind of disappeared. And I heard it walk away. And I hear it walk to the other vehicle and tap on it. And here it goes, that'll be going to tap on it. And then it kind of disappeared. And I was like, maybe it's gone. I'm not going to sleep. So here we go. Uh, and Grant, I do have a gun with me. Uh, the It's the handgun that has the shotgun shells in it. But it's the judge. The ju- I had a judge with me. So if it was a large animal, I'd probably be okay. So that happens. And then hour later because i'm not sleeping at this point so an hour later i hear it come back and i hear it you, you could tell it had small feet or pointy feet because you hear it crunch through the gravel and just slowly go around and i could hear it just go all the way around the camp area and then it went into the woods and i hear that the, and then break and stop and i could hear it, you know your ears just follow it mm-hmm. And this was till like 2 a.m. And it just disappeared. <laughs> and I'll never know what it was. Because I wasn't going to open the tent. So what are you? <laughs> Can I help you? Yeah. Please. <laughs> Bam. All right. Let's go back to bed. So, and it was terrifying because you just don't know what it was. I, I think, I think it, what it was, was either 
something with antlers because it sounded like something had hooked the door handle and it couldn't move and it was just pulling on the door but there's no damage to the truck there's no scrape marks or dents or anything so i think it was either a mountain ram could have been a moose or it could have been an elk like something in that area but i just don't know You'll never know. I'll never know. And it, and my wife says the skinwalker just stick with that story. And I'm like, okay, fine. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it made for a rough night. Cause that was kind of like, I get two hours of sleep and I'm about to go in the glacier. Here we go. And I was, I, and I was, you know, we all had that fear, like encountering an animal that's going to screw with you or like a bear or whatever. Uh, but nothing happened, but it was still. If you encounter a bear, we, we went to Pigeon Forge. Or we went to Gatlinburg. Mm. One of the guys that worked there said, "All you gotta do is wave your hands towards the bear and go, go bear, hey bear, yeah, and it will go on. <laughs> okay, it will move." <laughs> and I said, "You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that. So, I'm not gonna do that." Well, and so there's a difference, right? So out there's grizzly brown bear. We saw two of them, um, and then you have black bears more on this side of the country. Black bears are out there too, but with grizzlies and stuff like distance is king and you have to be confident and you can't uh you can't turn your back if you turn your back you're prey to them you're running they're going to take you out like that's the mindset uh, if they come towards you take your bear spray first because the bear spray is a 50 foot shot of pepper spray essentially and like it's that tall like ready to go you do that first you get in front of them so they'll inhale it and just say i don't want this anymore but if you miss, like you spray too quickly, it may agitate them. Mm-hmm. And so you play that game. And the, the saddest part is when you watch the training on this, they're like, if in, if you can't stop it, like you don't have a gun to shoot it and the gun may not even kill it, right? Because you don't really get enough shot if they're big. Um, lay on your stomach, put your hands over your neck to protect your life from snapping your neck, and hopefully they'll just destroy your backpack and not you. Hopefully. 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 Or you can do like Nathan. (laughs) (laughs) That's what happened to us at at Deerlick in Tuscaloosa. Oh, yeah. There's something in the I heard something like right outside the tent. And I was thinking deer. Like, had to have been a deer. So I've always heard this when I was younger. Like, you can blow and like scare a deer off or like make a deer stop and it oh, yeah. tracks. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. So the whole bear going shoot get thing? No. 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 And I don't think anybody's gonna be like, Hey bear, hey, go and away. They They're not gonna be so, calm seeing so the bear. The the concept behind that is generally speaking, the bear doesn't want to mess with you. Like they don't necessarily see you as food at the front. But unless you have food on you that they can smell. Uh, and so you are supposed to say, hey, bear, get their attention so they'll get off your path. Because uh, they don't really want to mess with you. Because that's the thing, too. Like, you're because you're walking down these paths, and then there could just be an animal right there. And they didn't want to be there. They just end up being there. Yeah. So, like, that's just, because they even say, so that you've heard of bear bells and all this stuff. So, and you're actually, when you're out there, you're just supposed to talk loudly. Because you're giving the bear an opportunity to hear you. It's like, I don't want to mess with that. Uh, so, cause that's the, that's the other side of it too. Like if a bear accidentally attacks you or didn't mean to, it's dead. Like the rangers are going to find it and kill it because it's had a taste of what humans are. 
not just from a food, like this human had food on them. I'm going to go find more. And so they got to take them out. So, and that's just part of it. That, that's what I was telling Jordan. I was like, my mindset was, all right, click the lock a bunch. If that doesn't work, uh, make some other, like turn on the panic button, let the horn go off. Maybe I'll scare. If that didn't work, that was going to pepper spray ready. And if that wasn't working, I would shoot it. Like that was my mindset. These are the steps I'm going to take. Cause I don't want to do, cause I was like, if I shoot that, shoot the thing, then that's going to just ruin the day. Like you can't just leave the animal half shot or whatever. Yeah. You probably have to get a ranger involved. So, um, anyway, so that was the scary night. So we finally make it to Glacier at this point. <laughs> All this adventure just to get to the park. But inside of Glacier, it's, just a, it's a different world. Like even the uh, one of the main uh, hotels there, like that's just the lobby getting in there. It's like a resort. Time. It is, but it's government-based, like the government-based resorts. So it's just giant wood, everything, super cool. Uh, just It looks like an English cottage type of stuff. Very pretty. But, uh, but like, so when you get out there, one of the main lakes there, I forget the name of the lake, but like, uh, let me get to it. So like, that shows how common it is and how big it is. Like that's somebody on a canoe and they look oh. tiny. tiny. I, yeah, oh, wow. I didn't know that's what that was. Like, wow, it, the, yeah. Cause you look at it, like, oh, that's not that big. And then you see a four story building beside it. It looks this big. You're like, oh, that's massive. Um, Let's see. Like that was my favorite. That's an actual like little boat you can tour on. It's amazing. It, it's just a different world. Um, and then when you're out there, so they have these pretty famous tour buses. They're like 1944 oh, wow. diesel open oh, roof cool. buses. And so, uh, and then to kind of show you the open roof side, it's like that's everybody on the tour bus just standing up <laughs> so they can take pictures. But, um, but yeah, it's like that's the world that you see out there. But then, yeah, like that's all how clear the water is everywhere you go. You can see how all the ice sheds off that hill. Yeah, you can see because um, there's still snow and ice at the top. Yeah. And you can literally watch it flowing down mm -hmm. from the heat. Because um, when you're up there at the very top, there's there's like this famous curve, so you can see multiple mountains at one time. There's this big sign that describes the snow, and so most winters they're hitting about 80 feet of snowdrift. So you see like these giant snow piles, and all you see is a little guy in the top because you can't see the rest of the vehicle. It's just it's gone, and it takes them six to nine months to clear the snow off the road every year just so people can drive on it. That's why it's only open from like May to September because it's snowing again in October. Um, but yeah, it's just incredible. Cause like that hotel I showed you, it's booked out for two years. Mm -hmm. like, like that's not something you can just like hopefully grab. Um, but yeah, like that's the famous like curve that you drive up and you see everything. So now we're approaching like 8,000 feet of elevation type of stuff. Um, but kind of, but then there's this part of the road that gets super tight, like watching some camper trails go up. It's, it's funny. Cause like, I don't know how you're doing this. <laughs> like this is way too tight. So like what we're seeing here, like this is just, man, it's a drop off. Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of give the perspective, like inside the vehicle, like 
where the rocks are right beside you, and that's just the way it is the whole way. Uh, it, it's incredible. But um, let's see. So at that point, we're on the going to the Sun Road, so, which may have heard of that. So the going to Sun Road is the 50-mile road stretch from one side of Glacier to the other side. Uh, so if people say, I've been on the go to Sun Road, which really means you've just been to Glacier because it's the primary road that floats through the whole entire uh, park. And it goes at the very top, and there's like an overlook. We couldn't go there because uh, too many cars, nowhere to park. And you start making your way back down. But uh, <laughs> joking about bathrooms, because we all know national park bathrooms are park bathrooms are disgusting, mm -hmm. generally speaking. Mm -hmm. So it was it was one of those, like, I can't believe this is the nicest bathroom I've ever seen type of thing. So they, <laughs> it's still like a standard like hole-in-the-ground bathroom. But they had a solar-powered fan system. Oh, nice and uh air fresheners in it and it felt like a, a normal restroom like anywhere i was like i couldn't there were no smells there's nothing like it was perfect i was like this is weird and why can't they do that everywhere? right like, why is it so hard yeah. <laughs> why is it so hard to stick a solar panel and power a fan to kind of keep everything moving mm -hmm. um and then they actually they designed it where you couldn't see down in there hardly and I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> it's the little things. Modern technology. Yeah, right. So I have to ask, how did you like decide you wanted to do this? Like, did someone ask you to come? Yeah. Did a friend ask you or so so Jordan's the every year he's like, You wanna go somewhere, I'm going somewhere type okay. of thing. And uh so Yellowstone for us for five in twenty eighteen. And then this last year was trying to get us to go to the Grand Canyon or something. I was like, I, I'm not okay. I'm not going to do that. But then this year, because I didn't have a vehicle for it, so okay. like I bought this truck a year ago with the intentions of taking it camping, and that's what I've done with it. So yeah. So when I got the truck uh, a month later, he's like, "Let's go to Talladega National Forest and kind of make sure you can do you want to do this." And I'm sure y'all been to Talladega a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, not the forest, not, no. <laughs> not on, not on that side. The We've been side, yeah. to Bibb County side of yeah. Talladega National Forest. So, so Talladega National Forest is kind of like a just a secret haven that people don't know about because you're out there far enough and everything you can see some of the Milky Way and all that stuff. It's so dark there, um, and it's kind of secluded. Once you're in on a service road, you're just by yourself. Um, and, it, and so, the, so the first night he's like, we're going to go here. I've never been here before. Like this part of the forest, but it looks cool. So we drive up there and the, the trail's like this. And like, Jordan, I've only had this truck like a month. I have no idea what it's capable of. So, okay. And so let's walk it first. So he's in an all wheel drive express van. Right. So we walk in and I'm like, I'm struggling walking down this. Like this doesn't feel good. Cause once you're going down, you're like, you're locked in. There's no turning around. Yeah, no. You're just going to go. And uh, and you have to cross over ditches and do like this whole mess. And I'm like, this makes me a little nervous. Like, ah, I think it'll be all right. Like, okay. And so we go down the first hill. It's so steep. I can see underneath this fan. Oh, wow. I, I can see everything underneath. I was like, that doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> and so I go down the hill and I'm standing on my brakes at this point. Like it's in low, four low, all low. And I'm standing on my brakes, like standing up, trying to, Gosh. I don't want to go anywhere. And it's just making its way down. And it made it, like props to Tacoma. It does its thing and just makes it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I go down there and we were camping on a river that was part of a waterfall. It was by ourselves. So 
I mean, it's super cool out there. I recommend you guys check that out. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. Well, like we're more of a urban camper. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not yeah, a, I do like powered water. Well, I think they have a full blown a backcountry type. They do have full blown campgrounds there, but yeah, it's really nice. Um, and I see a lot of people out there with like ATVs and side by sides, just cruising the trails, cruising the roads. Honestly, um, so it's super cool. Like, really recommend it for for being an hour away. Yeah. But um, anyway, but yeah, so he. He's the instigator of all this because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to do whatever Jordan says. And uh, But he had done it enough where he kind of knew what we needed to do. But there were a couple of nights where, like, we don't know where we're staying. We, we, there was one night when we were at Big Sky, Montana, on the way out near Yellowstone. Um, we had eaten somewhere, and we're like, we don't know where to go because it just finished raining. And so the, we asked a local guy. He said, yeah, you should probably go down there. And like, okay, so we go down there, and the, the was the last true park camp night and uh, i've never seen so many bear warning signs in my life mm-hmm. and so and so like we're pulling up and jordan's like you think you'll be all right i was like just back your truck your van a little closer to me <laughs> yeah. and i think and so they kind of boxed me in because they're in a vehicle i'm not and so they boxed me in as like a, a precaution which i don't know if they would have done anything <laughs> and um but that it was really cool because out west, you know, tons of horses. And so I'm at like four in the morning, I hear a bunch of running and I look out and there's like a hundred horses around oh, us cool. and there are two cowgirls and they're pushing them along the trail or whatever. Uh, it was super cool just to see it. It was cool to see real cowgirls like doing sure. their, their whistles and everything. Um, like a horse drive. Type deal. It was, it really was. Wow. So let's see. Yeah, so like, it's just right outside my tent. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. That's amazing. No. So pretty. But that was, that was on the outsides of uh, Yellowstone. It was, it was cool. So what was your, like, your favorite stop of your whole trip? So, so Glacier itself is, ama- is amazing. Well, you can't deny that. You know, it took us like 12 hours to drive 50 miles to that part because you had to stop like every five minutes because everything was so pretty. But the biggest surprise, and like I want to go back, is the Badlands because we only touched like a tenth of it. And it was so gorgeous, and there were so many layers to it. Like, we want to go back to it. Um, and it's not as far, you know, it's like 17, 18 hour drive, mm-hmm. not a, like almost 30. That's um, but that, like, Love Glacier. And I, I always tell people, because a lot of people know Yellowstone, like, gotta go to Yellowstone. And I'll say it's Yellowstone is very entertaining, because there's layers to Yellowstone. Like, you can stay there a week and not do everything. Glacier is very just awe-inspiring. You see it, and you're like, I don't think this is real, because the way it looks. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking for the nice beauty, Glacier all day long. I absolutely loved it. Um, but Yellowstone is just the cool part. But yeah, that's how I would view it. Like, I, I, would I go back? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it probably not drive that much in those days because <laughs> that's a lot of driving. The last night, um, we drove from uh, where was it? Anyway, we we drove like fourteen hours on the last day to get home because 
that was 14 hours of us actually driving. And like Google Maps says it was 12 hours or whatever, or 11 hours. But we stopped at uh, Lambert's in Missouri, which I didn't know there was a Lambert's oh. in Missouri. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, you have to have your rolls throwed out. I know, so right? Like, when I saw it, I was like, Jordan, we got to stop there because this is random. <laughs> uh and but it's like con it's that that moment where you stop at lambert's at like three o'clock on a sunday so it's slammed mm. so we, you know it took take us like an hour and a half two hours to eat which was fine we were happy just to not drive and well when you get out when you get in your car it's like you're now eight hours away from home yeah. and we're not gonna make it so we so i got home at like 12 30 in the morning um and there were a couple moments i was like i shouldn't be driving right now <laughs> i was gonna say did you just like Hopefully you had a few days rest before you actually went back to work and one day, yeah. One day, oh gosh, because it just doesn't sound like you rested too you, well, you know. And doing like and doing all that driving too, because like driving just makes you so tired. It it does, and it's one of those because we drove in one day like seven hundred miles, or no, it's probably more than that. No, nine hundred miles, nine hundred miles in one day. And it's like, I don't know how truckers do it. Like, yeah, I don't understand how they do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those, like, there's, because we would do basically fill up to fill up driving. So, I, like, my truck can technically do, like, 350-ish miles. But I'm not risking that out west. So, it's like, we, at 275, 280, it's like, let's go get gas. So, we would fill up and drive until empty and fill up. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and it was a lot. Yeah, when when you're just sitting there going and you're like, well, I got I'm gonna ten, spend ten minutes not sitting and then get back to the truck and here we go. <laughs> yeah. So we do talk a lot about food on this podcast, so I do, okay, I, I have to ask you, what was your best meal? <laughs> Ooh, um, had a lot of elk burgers. Oh. So elk burgers are very popular out there. How does that taste? You know, it's like a. It's like eating deer meat. Kind of, okay. kind of, a little different, but it's a little gamier, I would say, for a little bit, and it and it looks a little different. But uh, at the end of the day, if you hand me a hamburger or an elk burger, it took me a minute to figure out which one was which, because it's similar enough, but they, they promote that a ton out there. Uh, beyond that, though, food-wise, I mean, it's all okay food. I mean, at the end of the day, Birmingham food or Southern food is pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> And when you go out west, it's not as great okay. in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of restaurants that we could have eaten out, but we weren't like trying to um, go for nice meals most of the mm -hmm. time. There was a really cool breakfast place in Missoula. Actually, there are two cool places. One, the Missoula, um, it was they're famous for their uh, oh, kind of it's their it's not a blueberry syrup, but it's their um, I'll think about it in a second. Anyway amazing pancakes stuff like that and it's the most western diner thing you've ever seen uh, oh that's right so elk sausage is where it's at okay elk sausage is like kaneka sausage but better oh, wow. no way uh, yeah <laughs> oh, wow. gotta have me some elk sausage uh, really because we were trying it for real because when we got out like this is like kaneka and you try like oh this is better than kaneka no way it really was like 100% elk sausage. Hey friends, just popping in to remind you to visit our Instagram and Facebook page. 
to see Michael's amazing trip photos. Just search Sniper Camping Stories. Be sure to give us a follow while you're there. All right, now we go back. Elk sausage. Yeah, so elk sausage is, uh, we even ate at a, a Western restaurant. Like everybody's wearing cowboy hats. Like that's how it is always. Like they really do wear the hats and all that stuff. But Huckleberry, that's the bigger thing they oh. Huckleberry is super famous out there. And it's because of the elevation, it, it requires a thinner oxygen. It only grows certain times of the year. It looks like a blackberry, but it's just it's sweeter. Um, and but they're known for huckleberry syrup, huckleberry this, like huckleberry ice cream. Like the the guy that went with us, the coworker guy, he was like, I gotta have everything huckleberry. So every time we stopped, he had huckleberry something, and it was kind of funny because it's all purple. Uh-huh. So he's just like one thing after another. We even joked. I think he had ice cream twice in a row. He got one, he came went back. So I think it's this one now. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was funny, but. Um, Anyway, but yeah, the elk sausage is where it's at. I'm, I'm sure you could order some and have it shipped here. Um, yeah, Amazon's got everything. Right? I mean, <laughs> it'll show up on a prime package. But um, yeah, it was one of my favorite foods for sure out there. Well, I, I, from what I understand, out west is known more for their meats than, yeah. than the vegetables. Like we have our southern veggies that we love and squash and all that kind of thing and out there they're more known for their meat and like the bison burger mm-hmm. type stuff so because bison out there are like cows mm-hmm. like they're everywhere like it feels like oh i found buffalo or bison roaming everywhere yeah. <laughs> like it's hard not to find them type. Right. they farm them so um like and i was looking it up like i think this the cost now if you want to buy bison like at a grocery store it's expensive like I think it was like twelve or fifteen dollars a pound. It's not cheap because I was going to try to buy some and try it while we were out there, and I was like, I'm not paying that much for meat. They're going to cook on a little Coleman grill. Right, <laughs> so, right. Like, I'm not going to waste that. So, what's your favorite thing that you cooked while you were out there? Oh my goodness. Um, so we brought a one of those Coleman road trip grills. Mm-hmm. So I got one a long time ago. My wife gave me one never really used it until this type of trip. And so we used it quite a bit while we were out there, but actual meals cooked. We cooked mostly, um, there was a steak that we had cooked. That was pretty good. I'm trying to think what kind it was, but most of the time it was kind of campy food. We didn't try anything fancy. Uh, now my friend of Jordan, he had a deep freeze solar, uh, freezer. Cool. So was, I forget the name of the brand, but he, you know, he had the solar panels on his van with deep cell batteries. And this deep freeze get out to like zero degrees and hold it for 48 hours on no charge type of thing like super cool so we would fill it up with different things and cook out of it but um but overall like most of our cooking was breakfast oriented as much as we could or just quick meals and then at night we would try to find some restaurant nearby or cook hamburgers or something simple uh, nothing too too fancy but but because yeah, you know, then they were just sitting there just trying to enjoy scenery as much as we can well yeah you've drawn you've drove that far and went through a few nights of <laughs> torture you've got to see the layout of the land right yeah you really do cooking your gourmet dinner on those nights i get that yeah and y'all were joking about the showers earlier mm-hmm. um so i don't know if you ever done a shower at the uh what's the, the travel loves oh yeah those showers are legit <laughs> like yeah 
They really are. Like I, I, I never done that. But like for eight bucks, I get a nice shower and be left alone well, for like thirty minutes. They're not eight bucks here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're eight bucks out west. <laughs> yeah, they're a little bit more pricey here. Yeah. But yeah. That, so I think of the eleven days, I think I had three showers, or maybe four, but three or four. Is it bad? No, no. But yeah, and and on the way back, we uh, have you ever seen the movie uh, Close Encounters? I'm not sure. It's kind of an older movie, but uh, this is what it was used in the movie. Beautiful. And so that's out. Um, that looks like it belongs in Jurassic Park. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So, so it's called Devil's Tower, and it's a, it's a national museum or monument park thing. There's KOA right outside of it. And so, like, it's they, they literally play Close Encounters every night on a projector screen with that in the background. Because that was the the, uh, the alien mm-hmm. uh, thing. So, the Devil's Tower, it you look it up, and it's um, basically a underground volcano thing that the the ground slowly eroded. So, like, that's actually, like, magma stuff that it created some yeah. cuts in it. I don't know, it's really weird, but when you get up to it, it's just, it does look strange. And you can do, like, helicopter tours to get on top of it, so then they allow you to, like, uh, climb it if you have the right gear. Uh, it's crazy. But, but yeah, it's different. Because when you're just sitting there at the KOA and you see that thing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> just out of nowhere. You're just sitting there. So, but, yeah. Oh, and this is a side note thing. So I have a, a four-year-old, and uh, she she has, of course, a ton of animals, little stuffed animals. And one was a little green lizard, and she lost it. We don't know where it went at the end of the day. So she had another ant, little thing called a, a, a little frog, a little beanie baby frog called Froggy. And so we're going to take because I was I was going to take the lizard with me and take pictures with it, mm-hmm. uh, but we had to turn it into I'm taking Froggy with me to go find uh, the lizard. And so, like, everywhere I stopped, I would take a picture of Froggy everywhere. And so, like, I have, like, 50 pictures of Froggy traveling with me. How fun. And so that's what we did. My wife ordered a new lizard, and then I just grabbed it on the way walking in. I was trying to get to an Amazon locker nearby when I was traveling, but this didn't work out. And so when I brought him back, he had all the spots back. So you see, we found that he was just on vacation. Oh, he needed a break. <laughs> he, he grew his spots back. I love that. So, but yeah, but it was a good trip though. Absolutely loved it. Um, some of the random stuff out there. So there was like a giant scrapyard that they had turned into giant animals things. And, oh, wow. and so it's just random stuff. <laughs> But then, like people are just probably really bored out there in the West sometimes and come up with all kinds of things yeah. to do. And then Crazy Horse, so that's the start of Crazy Horse that I mentioned near Mount yeah. Rushmore. So when you zoom in, you can see like. Oh, wow. And so what it's supposed to become is this. At some wow. point. Uh, and so that's another thing, too. So if you see right here, it has that etching. So Mount Rushmore is supposed to have that. So Mount Rushmore is supposed to have a giant tablet etched in the story because their, their concept was uh, we want the, the world to always know what happened here. Mm-hmm. And if we etch into granite, it won't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that, but it never got to because the costs were so high and then the guy died. But so that, but they're taking that same concept to this uh, okay. crazy horse. 
to tell the story. That's to tell amazing. the story yeah. forever is right. the mindset. Wow. Um, so we're not used to doing like long, like driving for hours yeah. to go camp like you do. Are there any like tips, tricks, or just things that you do that somebody might not, somebody else might not know to do? Like yeah. we do crazy things like me and Stephanie, which would have helped you out. Me and Stephanie wrap our tent in a tarp. Yeah. <laughs> so, that would have been nice the first two nights. We call it the burrito tent. The burrito tent. Yeah. That makes total sense. <laughs> it's a real heavy duty tarp. Yeah. yeah. And they're cheap and they, because rain take them down. Aren't made out of anything really. And they leak even though they say they don't. Yeah. They do and I would say so of all the rain we had, I think I only had a little bit come through the rain flight that actually dripped on me. So it did okay. Like it did okay. But it, tips and tricks on doing all that travel. One is take time to prepare. Don't just, cause what I did I, for like, cause when I figured out, okay, this is going to happen. I'm actually going to do this I, for about three months. I would buy, cause this is like my first like true long-term trip. I would buy things that I would think would make sense to take on a trip and just kind of slowly build it. And the best things I bought were these Plano uh, utility boxes. They're, like five foot long, like they're really designed to hold guns and ammo or whatever, but they're like $20 or $30 at Academy. And so, um, and buy different colors. So if you buy the same color, you get really frustrated because I don't know what's in that one to open it. Oh, that's the wrong one. So buy different colors. I had two of them, I had a brown one and a black one. And the idea was the black one had all my camping stuff, the brown one had all my food. And so it would make it super easy when I'm pulling, because every night I had to pull everything out of the truck bed the the two two boxes the camping uh the grill the chair the wood um every night so like to go to get ready for camp would take 20 30 minutes because the, the tent would take 10 to 15 minutes to, and there was one night i was too tired and i was like why is this not working <laughs> for the love please like and we're all like staring out i don't know what's wrong with it man i had tightened something too early um and so it's like making it too tight so having those two boxes were super helpful. And inside of the uh, the food box, any of the food I had in smelly bags. And so smelly bags lock out the smell really well. Okay. Um, and so you really want that out west just because you just want to prevent any smells. Um, and then the next layer was, so when I pull everything out, I would then slide everything to the truck, inside the truck cab. So one, it's out of the way, and two, it's sealed up. Because they'll tell you, if you have food, it has to be in a trunk, it has to be wrapped up, because they're trying to eliminate smells. Um, and that, and I'd also carry like odor-free deodorant, um, all the different stuff. Like you don't really want lotions out there and things like that. I had, uh, I had the Odor-X uh, shampoo, so there's no smelling on the shampoo. Like all the little things, like doesn't matter. It could, because your goal is just to prevent animals finding you. At the end of the day, um, and so we did all. We had no issues other than the, the skinwalker, which I'm pretty sure is because the guy peed behind my truck. <laughs> I'm confident that's what drove that, because no other night had an issue. Um, beyond that, though, uh, it's also uh, some cool tricks that Jordan taught me. So, um, one, buy buy your your uh, fire logs. Don't waste your time. I'll go find some in the woods. Out west, it's not. It's kind of hard. Like it's a little harder, and it's just inconvenient. And then the other trick is 
don't buy starter logs, uh, buy self-igniting charcoal, pay five bucks, yeah. one match. It's going, it's designed to cook food with, so it's safe enough and it will just burn up the wood and it leaves a nice little ash pile. So there's no, no issues of throwing it away. And so like a $5 bag of charcoal start covered us the entire trip. So that was like, the, like that was a genius. Um, and then beyond that though, uh, so light wise, I had quite a few lights. Um, my favorite light was adding LEDs in the truck beds, turning that on so you can see that was important. Uh, and then a simple $2 Harbor Freight headlamp. That was perfect. It lasted the whole trip. No issues. Two AA batteries, perfectly fine. Uh, had a couple of hanging lamps and stuff like that. But um, i trying to think of anything else that was frustrating. Overall, I was happy. Like, I didn't have to, to say, I wish I brought that. Didn't have any of those situations. But I did some other prep, too, that think, like, I'm glad I didn't have to use it. So I, because the truck I bought is 2005, so it's an 18-year-old truck, well, the spare tire was 18 years old. So I went to a local used car, used uh, tire shop and said, I need a tire that's kind of the size. So $50 later, I had a much newer tire on there. I didn't have to spend a bunch of money. I highly recommend that. Um, and then I bought a Harbor Freight uh, air compressor that could pump the tire up in two minutes. Didn't have to use it, but it was there for me. Um, and then I had all the straps and stuff, anything that's like a recovery situation. So thankfully didn't do any extreme off-roading, but you know, at the same time, like blowing a tire is reality, like it's going to happen. So thankfully it didn't, but having that confidence that it's all there. Kind of like a checklist that you'd probably need to go through if you were going to do that kind of thing. I mean, as you're talking about it, when you talk about the things that you have to do to prepare for animals not to get in your food. Yes. Yeah. Things like that that we don't think about here in the South as much. You know, you well, have raccoons and other yeah. things, but, but not, they're not deadly. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I think it's important to um, probably make some sort of checklist if you're headed out that far. Yeah. And I, and I would say, too, like I didn't originally want to carry a gun because, like, for instance, up until a month ago, if you drove through Kansas – or it's Arkansas. Uh, they had a law where if you got pulled over with a gun, you're arrested. Oh wow! No questions asked. Yeah. And they just changed yeah. it at the end of July, where you're not going to be arrested. I think you get fined or whatever. So, like, so we actually, so when you plan your trip, check your state. If you're going to carry a gun, check your state laws. You're a passenger. Mm -hmm. Now, if you pass through it and you don't get stopped, you're fine, obviously, but don't run that risk. Mm -hmm. So when Jordan did the, the mapping, he's like, we're going around the state because we're all carrying guns and we're not going to risk it. And so some of the small things you got to think about. Um, and then also have backup plans of where you're going to stop. Cause you may think you're going to make it there, <laughs> but you don't quite make it there sometimes to so have some backup spots that make sense. When we were leaving Mount Rushmore, when we were like, Oh yeah, seven hours to go here. We're, like, we're not going to make it. So we had to find, we spent like an hour, where do we need to go? Because when you're checking Google Maps, it doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And when you're out there, you need to download your maps offline because data out there is about gone. Mm -hmm. You'll get spots of data, so you have to rely. So when you pull up your map and you don't have data and it's just blank, good luck. Yeah. Because yeah. the GPS knows your, where you are, but it doesn't know where you are, yeah. like what's around you. And so downloading offline maps is important. You can't, like, because I did that. I went and... And you basically on Google Maps, you can take a, a rectangle and say download, download. 
download. And they're only costing like 50 or 80 megabytes, so super small. Uh, but I downloaded like five of them to kind of cover the area. And then when I, when I was out there, there was never a gray spot on my map because I downloaded everything. But if you didn't do that, yeah, there were moments, there was a moment where I was like, I'm about to run out of gas. I have no idea where a gas station is because it didn't fully know uh, because it didn't get all the points of interest. And I had to find Wi-Fi's like I was passing by and stop and down and grab it and go type of thing. So. Yeah, there's a couple of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a whole different world than, than yeah. anything we've experienced. It's such a blast, sure. though, because when you're out there, there are campers of every shape and size. Like, if you're, like, curious, I wonder what that's like. They're out there. <laughs> Ton, tons of the Mercedes vans out there. Um, tons of the drop-in campers on the back of truck beds. Tons of the 30-foot-plus campers being towed by giant trucks and uh, tons of RVs, like anything you can imagine. Like people spend some serious cash out there. Like I didn't even realize like those drop-in campers that fall into a truck bed, they're 30 grand Gosh. for no reason, yeah. for no reason. It's, it's the convenience. Yeah. I mean, granted, you know, they have hydraulics that drop down to lift it off it's, mm -hmm. and it keeps it stable, but 30 grand for the size of a truck bed, right? Like, to stay in your truck. Yeah. The bed of your truck. Yeah. Like not, it's still small. Yeah. You can sleep maybe what, two, maybe three people yeah. in that place. Yeah. But it, yeah. It's like 30 grand for that. And I even, so how much are used ones? 8,000 from the 80s. Like it doesn't make sense. But, and then you see some really cool, like I saw a couple of the uh, Volkswagen uh, buses out there with the, the factory pop up tents and stuff like that. So super cool stuff out there. And there's some weirdos too. There's some weird people out there. Um, the the best story, not from this one, but from Yellowstone, we're camping in the middle of the woods and we see this like 1970s van parked out there. And like, that looks kind of funny or whatever. So when we're leaving, the guy is sitting there like this in his pasture seat. He's like the hairiest chest you've ever seen, just like wigged out. I'm like, what is wrong with this man? <laughs> it, it was trippy. But, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of weird stuff for sure. Like even in Yellowstone, they have uh, lifted bus, uh, school buses on giant, like 40 inch tires, so they can take you through parts, okay. parts on it. And so like that's just the standards out there. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, and yeah. Telling us about your trip, we appreciate it very much. Yeah, and and I always encourage go out west if you haven't. It's just fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like something something to see for sure different scenery yeah always good you want to close this out katie sure well i'm katie nick stephanie nathan that's my pr oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> and our special guest and, and i'm michael, michael. <laughs> thank you so much for being on with us today oh yeah I really appreciate it absolutely that's my birthday